Welcome back to another episode of That's a Wrap, a podcast about Raptors by Raptors fans. And we have a special guest on tonight because, well, for one, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be scheduled to play your Toronto Raptors uh, for the first round of the playoffs. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting flashbacks to 2014. I know we're going to talk about that. But before we get into that, Dre, how are you doing, my friend? Doing very well, doing very well. Uh Playoffs are right around the corner. We didn't even know if the season was going to continue, so this is fantastic news. We're still at zero positive cases in the bubble. This is fantastic. We're seeing what most of the lineup's going to look like in the playoffs. The East is completely set. We're just waiting on the West, which is being figured out as we speak. The Nets and the Blazers are currently battling it out for that eighth seed uh, between the Suns, the Grizzlies, and the Blazers. So we'll see what the play-in tournament's going to look like. But we are set in a time where we weren't even certain that we were that we would be here. So I'm excited. And speaking of the Nets, who are playing the Blazers, today's going to be all about the Nets because those are our first opponents. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And our first matchup is actually going to be uh, on Monday versus the Brooklyn Nets. And we have a special guest on tonight, a friend of the show, Ariel Rada, host of NBA Asians. Can I just say NBA Asians? That is an amazing, amazing name. Uh, He is a (laughs) Nets fan, a writer, a podcaster, and here to break down the Nets and Raptors first round playoff match. Ariel Rada, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm feeling uh, a little under the weather physically, but uh, mentally and spiritually, I am ready for playoff basketball. Perfect. Well, again, I hope you do feel much better, uh, hopefully talking about the Nets and Raptors. But I know that Dre and and, and Jay, and again, uh, Jay's not on this podcast, but he told me to say that we found another uh, Filipino to uh, join this podcast, which is great. Um <laughs> I know that Dre, myself, and and Jay, we all know circa 2014, which was kind of the era of where the We the North started for the Toronto Raptors, and it was a time where the Raptors were going to blow it up, and it, you you could see it. It wasn't. It, I, we just traded Rudy Gay away. It was just a time of uncertainty. But then you had you know the likes of Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry, of course, Patrick Patterson, Grievous Vasquez. All these guys were like, you know, screw that. We're going to play some playoff basketball. And the first round we had was against a veteran squad of the Brooklyn Nets who were on the 16th and we were the third seed. And there was some like, you know, things going on about about the Brooklyn Nets wanting to play the uh, the Raptors at that time. And, you know, it went to seven. And, and Dre, I know you, you remember this when when Kyle Lowry went to go uh, for that last shot. He bumped into Patrick Patterson and then got blocked by, I believe it was Paul Pierce. And that was it. That was it. So it hurt. Uh, it hurt. But I mean, Ariel, do you remember that time? Do you remember when it was like you had the those vets, the Paul Pierce, the Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Uh, you, I think you had Jace, uh, uh, Darren Williams on. You had Tayshaun Prince. No, not Tayshaun Prince. I mm-hmm. apologize. Uh, Sean Livingston on. Like It was a veteran team. Do you remember that day? Uh, yeah, so we're, of course, talking about the, uh, I'm sorry, what, what year again was that? Um, 2014, I believe. I uh, I kind of, I try to block those years out. So those were the, the infamous <laughs> years leading up to the uh, the Billy King trade, right? That, that yeah. was a pro, pro product of the Billy King trade. And I I could not believe that we decided to, we, that the Nets decided to make that trade. I, I am I am very much a, like a homegrown type of guy. 
what what the Raptors are currently doing, what the Nets had been doing for 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 a few years going into here. So I I couldn't believe that we traded this insane bounty of picks for mm. the corpses of all time greats, the <laughs> shadows of all time greats, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. When we knew, was <laughs> but we, we like everybody watched and everybody knew that Darren Williams was not himself anymore. That God, something no. was right. So as much as I enjoyed playoff basketball and as much as I appreciate, like weirdly, I, I love Joe Johnson. He is the only player who oh God, Joe Johnson. earned every cent that he was paid for the nets um yeah i have such despite the playoff wins we had i think two two playoff uh series wins in in those few years no we had one playoff series gosh well in 13 14 we had one series win against the raptors that's yeah because you guys lost uh, in the conference finals to miami that the, right after and then we we lost the, the previous year against the bulls in a series we had no business losing uh, uh, uh mm-hmm. So I just, I have such awful memories of those Billy King Nets years. Um, I I almost like erased those years from my mind. Um, so I didn't like, I just talking to Jay on my podcast and be Asians yeah. talking about the, the quote unquote rivalry between the Raptors and the Nets, like this very like low energy <laughs> uh, Atlantic division type thing. It's just like, man, like, they were so there was everybody knew that it was a bad decision everyone knew it was at the time it, yeah I, it, that's my like main memory of of that that kind of playoff run i think when that but it's when like, those trades happened it was like okay you got yes you got kevin garnett you got paul pierce but it was just like it, it wasn't the same like you, you it wasn't the the boston of it you you definitely and trading away all that it, it must have been it must have been hard to to kind of grasp of, of the, about the future and i i think we were kind of well i mean not the like in the same boat of trying to delete memories of like bad times because we as Raptors fans we had years we had tw- at least tw- or like you know 20 years of really crap basketball you know despite like the Vince Carter mm-hmm. eras but I oh, mean yeah. that like trying to get over some uh an era that you just don't want to think about we understand that bro <laughs> yeah but yeah, like sure. the the veteran presence i think for the rebranding from the New Jersey Nets to the Brooklyn Nets, I think that was very important. And I think, look, this playoff season aside, just looking at what your lineup's going to look like next year, you've got a hell of a mm-hmm. team, like a team that could go all the way, and it's looking great. And I think a lot of that started with the team being taken seriously around this rebranding period. You know, the Jay-Z, All Black, Everything Unis, the courts, which I have to say, and it's not a, a bias because you're here. You can ask Jay or Jason. I've said this before. My favorite courts because it trips your brain while you're watching it on TV. <laughs> oh, it's like so it looks weird. like a video game. Yeah. Oh, it's the greatest. I adore it. Um, looks like somebody's like time traveled and they've like put on like a green screen or something, like a cheap time travel movie or something. Um, but you've got something really good here. And as Jason said, we're Raptors fans. We've had to deal with crap for a very long time but when it comes around and you just know it's going to be good and i know you're a nets fan your time's here look your team right now is going through some stuff but considering where they are and how successful they still are Mm -hmm. you're gonna be frightening next year that's all i'm gonna say i think you're gonna be frightening i mean we we, the nets do have 
uh, a history with relatively successful um kind of like free agent buy-ins right uh or trade if if we don't put that stock into garnett and pierce and we put it elsewhere to pair with williams and um and joe johnson right that we probably look look at that a little more fondly but you look back with with the jason kidd years you know two Mm. straight finals appearances nobody was going to win in the east against the tight the titans that were Shaq and tim duncan we we did as good as anybody else could do those are very fond memories for me and so i i do think like you're saying you know if kevin durant is 85 percent of what what he is uh or what he was right when he was the he was many people said that year he was performing better than Kawhi leonard in the playoffs now you have to factor in that the Golden State is incredibly stacked, and so he never has to truly um, carry it. Yeah. Carry right, he never has to, the efforts not there that you know uh, LeBron, for example. Um, but I, I am, you know, optimistic, like you're saying, for for next year. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, what which comes to where we are now, and I know that the Nets, um, like they they were going to make the playoffs regardless when they were. Uh, being in, invited or I guess it was more so of who was going to take that 7-8 seed it was going to be either the Nets and Orlando and so I'm, I want to ask you like how do you think that the Nets have done uh, performed in these uh, last eight seeding games I know that they're playing their last game right now but I mean as a whole do you think that they've kind of like surpassed your expectations or do, were you a little bit uh, d- disappointed Um, what, like how do you feel going into the seeding games I, I think there was a very real chance, <coughs> excuse me, that that Brooklyn can would come out here and look like the Wizards, right? One oh, win, and nobody surprised. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, now you do have to you do have to say that the wins against um, that the win against Milwaukee and the win against the Clippers were perhaps uh, aided, of course, by by second half shenanigans. But I, many Nets fans, if you're listening to this and you are a Nets fan, you know that Karis LeVert was the second best player on the court in the, in last year's playoffs against the 76ers. And at any given day, if you do not have your elite player playing well, Karis LeVert can look like the best player on the court. And that's what Mm -hmm. he has done in a lot of these games. And so... I I truly believe that against a an Orlando Magic team that doesn't know what to do with Aaron Gordon and doesn't have and no longer has like Jonathan Isaac, um, you know a, a Kings team that is kind of a mess, a Wizards team without Bradley Beal that, you know the the Nets were not going to be pushovers. I I, I am although I am very optimistic, or I am pleasantly surprised because Jacques Vaughn has kind of come here, and. And picked up where Kenny Atkinson left off, which was mm. one of the most stunning coaching firings I've ever seen. Um, but I, I do think we have to credit Sean Marks for kind of building this culture and having the, and choosing kind of these h- players that are hungry, mm-hmm. uh, finding players who need second chances, finding players at the back of the lottery like Jared Allen and Karis LeVert who were overlooked and people kind of decided to, to not, you know, uh, let, let fall through the draft board. So Mm. I, I'm not, I'm not incredibly surprised. Um, I think they are performing 
I think this is one of their like I still think this is one of their top outcomes, right? Like the yeah percentage point, you know, whatever percentage of outcomes. This is still a very very high outcome because Milwaukee sat players because uh, the Clippers sat players. Yeah, I mean, like even I, I believe that they the Nets like broke some sort of record like over under when it came to comes to playing against the Milwaukee Bucks but I mean at the same time I don't think like uh, uh, Giannis was playing but uh, yeah like Caress Car- Car- Levert um, in the bubble 22.6 points 6.2 assists in the bubble uh, you have players like Joe Harris like tw- 20.2 Ooh. points 57.6% from three like he's on fire Jared Land like you said 60 points uh, 11 rebounds in this bubble like they've been performing very very well without the likes of KD, Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie, who, uh, you know, uh, as everyone knows, he he was he caught COVID quite early, so he decided not to. He opted out into the to coming in as well as DeAndre Jordan. So you have a lot of key players that were out, but then you have these players that are in, that are in the bubble and they are trying to like show that you know without these. Uh, major names we're still going to make a statement we're still going to show that you know what we do belong here we're not going to we're not the wizards mm-hmm. we're not orlando at that in that fact so i i to me and I don't, i'm not going to speak for dre i know he has his own thoughts but the nets i just feel like they've also kind of um shown a lot more than than what meets the eye oh yeah like that's a lot of what the bubble has been the suns which i can safely say for a number of people where the team that nobody gave one iota about are eight and zero. They haven't had a three game win streak in years. They're eight and zero right now. Mm-hmm. Um, who might, who you know, you still have, might not be able to make the playoffs though. <laughs> well, still, they literally did everything that they could do. So that's yeah. not on them. Um, you Fair have point. the Blazers team, which a lot of people counted out until they saw them in top form. You have, uh, us, I think, to an extent, we're underdogs because we don't have that superstar. Meanwhile, look at our bench with the Raptors. You have, um, God, you have a lot of coaches not trying to show their entire hands by just playing their bench players. And basically, the Nets have not had that option. They've had to work with what they have. And in return, we're seeing some really good effort from these guys. Mm-hmm. And Again, next year when everybody's healthy, everybody's here. These are your backups. Some of them are your backups of your backups once mm-hmm. you reach your bench. That's scary. Like in the discussion of MIP, I don't know if he should have been nominated, but Dinwiddie certainly deserves to be talked about. And he's not even the big three that you currently have. The Nets mm-hmm. are going to be frightening. So this is like your last dregs that you have as a team before you could even say, Hey, we can't even play anymore because we have nobody. And you're mm-hmm. not even eighth. You're seventh. Mm-hmm. That's really impressive. I've got to say, like considering all things, you're not eighth like Orlando. You did better than the wizards. That's amazing. Lamar. As far as I, it's <laughs> like, everything is concerned, no matter how well the nets do that, alone is amazing i think it's one of the talking points of the bubble of like one of those things where it's like i didn't expect it i didn't expect the nets to be seventh i honestly didn't it's, it's incredible yeah and 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 also when it, i know that you pointed out uh jack vaughn speaking of like a weird time because 
At that time when he was appointed head coach, I believe Kenny Axton was fired four days before the NBA shutdown. Am I right about that? Uh, it was very, very close to the to the shutdown. Yeah. So okay, I wanted to I, for for someone who's like when it comes to uh, Nick Nurse, we've been we've been really high with it. He's he's obviously going to be a candidate and hopefully going to be the coach of the year. But I want to know about Jack Vaughn in this bubble. Have you seen uh, his rotations, his coaching style, replacing Kenny Atkinson's better works for the team? I was very much a Kenny Atkinson believer. I wanted a. I, I am not a, you know, people will listen to my podcast. I am not a Kyrie Irving fan. Okay. I do not think Kyrie Irving's talent is good enough. I don't think he's a good enough player to warrant his absolute nonsense. I think Kevin Durant is a good enough player. I don't care what Kevin Durant says. When a top 15 guy all time says he wants to play for your team, you drop what you're doing. You sign that guy. Right. Sure. Kyrie Irving on his best day is a fringe top 15 NBA player at any point in the league, right? It's it's mm-hmm. a, it's so different between a top 15 guy maybe at any season to a top 15 guy all time. Um, mm-hmm. Atkinson, Atkinson, the problem with Atkinson is that he, <coughs> he kind of was almost like Budenholzer where he has a system mm. and that system really works and you need a player like uh, Kevin Durant, like a Kawhi Leonard, um, like a Chris Paul to Mm. say it doesn't matter what our system says to do with five on the shot clock and two minutes left in the game. I'm going to get this bucket. I don't care that I don't care that your system says shoot this three. I don't care that your system says rotate it this way. Uh, when yeah. I need to get the ball in the hoop, it's getting in the hoop, right? And and that is the problem with someone like Giannis on, on Budenholzer's system where he is so great and he's so dangerous uh, defensively, offensively, um, initiating offense, attacking the rim, using that devastating spin move. But when but the Raptors showed that when the shot clock's low, he, he can't make those shots. He's not that type of player. LeBron James eventually became that type of player. Um, yeah in Miami and that's when he went from oh this guy could be or this guy is an MVP caliber superstar to this is at worst the second best player all time right when he was able to make those crunch time shots and so right. I, I remember I, those jokes he's got no fourth quarter look at him now he's like leading clutch guy top 5 all time like I mean I I love the Raptors I love the DeRozan Lowry Raptors I love like Kyle I love the way Kyle Lowry plays DeRozan not so much <laughs> but what LeBron James did in it, what was it 20, 2018? Oh man, one of those years again and again. Well, yeah. no, when he was, he, it's off the wrong leg, fading to the left, floater off the backboard, oh, and you're just over, like over OG. Yeah, you're just like I, I don't understand. Like, how can this guy do this, right? And so when LeBron James became that, when we know that Kawhi Leonard does it, we know that Kevin Durant can literally shoot from anywhere. Dirk, right? Dirk is a prime example where. The fadeback, the um, fadeaway, yeah, yeah. right. The, the the mid-range fadeaway in a system where, like Jason Terry and Jason Kidd are dropping bombs, and Jay Barea and Dirk are all dropping bombs around the three-point line. But then, you know, there's there's five seconds left on the shot clock. Kevin Durant's going to shoot it. That's what you needed Kenny Atkinson for. Um, uh-huh. And so that that was like that was the thing. Kenny Kenny was also very much a from what we from what we can guess a dev- developmental guy. Okay. Dinwiddie was on his third or fourth team. 
Joe Harris was on his third team. Karis Levert was a guy coming back from injury. We didn't think would whatever, whatever. And he's just turning these guys into into quality, quality starters. Mm-hmm. Now, the the thing with with Jacques Vaughn, um, I think the open secret is that when DeAndre Jordan tried to play, he was terrible. Um, yes. The offense flows yeah. better with Jared Allen. The rotations on defense are better with Jared Allen. Uh, yeah. We're seeing now with the absence of Spencer Dinwiddie that Karis LeVert can run the offense maybe about as well, but is also a better crunch time scorer than Dinwiddie was. And so when those t- those tight games are happening, Levert has a tighter handle and is less has less tunnel vision. And so therefore they were able to pull out these fourth quarter collapses that the Nets would suffer from throughout the rest of the season. And that that's not Jacques Vaughn. That's just it would it, it bore out of, you know, bubble necessity. Right. Interesting. And I feel like with the addition of uh, DeAndre Jordan, I feel like the Nets at that time before they had DeAndre, uh, Jared Allen I thought he deserves a starting starting role. Yeah. And now without DeAndre, like he he is showing it in the bubble. He is he is should be a starter. Um so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I, I feel like uh Jared Allen and I'm thinking about the matchups when it comes to the Raptors. You're gonna see a lot of Marcus All and Jared, you're gonna see a lot of Shazerbaka on Jared, if anything, with the two centers. So now I ask you, Ariel, with the matchup versus the Raptors, what do you see with um how, basically what I'm asking is how can how do you think the Brooklyn Nets can stop the Raptors? And conversely, what do you think the Raptors will do or can do to beat the Brooklyn Nets? I, I mean, I, I don't see the Nets getting more than a, a game on the Raptors, and I can tell you exactly how that game would go. Okay, it's if it's, it's if Karis Levert can penetrate on that pick and roll where he's able to to get a player like Fred VanVleet or Kyle Lowry like on his hip. Um, if you're watching the game right now, he's always able to kind of trap his defender behind him. And if Joe Harris and Chris Chioza and TLC and Tyler, like if, and Tyler Johnson, if these, if these, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth guys, if they hit their three pointers for a game as the Nets, you know, are, are, are they play Mori ball in a lot of ways, uh, they'll win it. They'll win a game. Um, but ultimately I, I do think that the Raptors defense is just too stifling to be able to stop or to be able to, um, so the the Nets, I just don't think are able to to muster up enough um, energy to win more than that singular game. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely, Trey. Do you agree with him? Yeah, yeah. I think that you know between last year and this year, the Raptors, you know, uh, score wise, have have won more games within seventy. But uh, the reality is, we had Kawhi in the playoffs, playoff Kawhi, which is no joke. So I feel like when we have our off games, we don't exactly have the person who can like drag us through it like a Kawhi. So we're going to have an off game or two in the playoffs. Every team does. Ours don't look that pretty. Need Listen, I bring we always up the lose game one anyways, game. right? What's, oh yeah, we, we always lose game we, one we anyway. So I mean, we <laughs> might lose game one. Who knows? But um, I think when we're trying to figure ourselves out, we can rebound the next game but our ugly games have just gotten really ugly at times. And I honestly think, yeah, that's a, that's an entire possibility. I think that um, the Nets can definitely capitalize because let's be honest, you guys are going to be hungry. We're going to be yeah. likely preserving 
mm-hmm. a lot of her energy for the following matchups, including a very likely Celtics matchup, which frightens me personally. Oh, I so, can't wait. Finally, we're finally <laughs> getting it. <laughs> As a neutral uh, basketball fan. Uh. Oh, it's frightening. But uh, yeah, yeah, I could definitely see some sort of... Uh, I don't think it's going to be a sweep realistically neither do i yeah honestly i, I we're gonna go to predictions in, in real quick i just feel i wanted to ask uh, ariel one more question when it comes to the matchup um i f- do you, is there anybody that you're you're excited to see when it comes to like caress Levert versus siakam or like uh, a marcus Saul versus a, a jared allen is there anybody that you are you're excited to see as a matchup i i'm excited to see um so so tell me the the best defensive lineup for the Raptors who are your guards well we got uh we always have a backcourt of Fred Van Vliet and Kyle uh starting then you got OG Marcus Saul and Siakam uh, trifecta and I feel like I if I'm assuming that Caress is probably going to bring up the ball a lot so I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of Kyle and and Levert going on that's going to be an interesting matchup right there Right. Mm-hmm. So what I think is the actual the matchup that hinges on whether or not the Nets can win that game is if Fran Van Vliet can keep up with Joe Harris. Mm. Uh, Joe Harris is on he's fire. averaging, I think you just said 20 points a game. He's a guy that, you know, was sitting on the bench in 2016 when the Cavaliers won their yeah. championship. Like he got cut from that team. And so he went from a guy who can spot up shoot to if you're watching these games, his his dribble, his moves, he's so much craftier than he was earlier in the year. And mm. if he can shake Fred Van Vliet, who who is very strong, right? Yeah. Um for a little guy. But Joe Harris has has proven to be very, very shifty. Um mm-hmm. so I I you know, I I don't if you're if you're a strong guard, you're gonna have a hard time playing against the Raptors. But if you're a quick guard, you might have a better chance, perhaps. Um, because Fred Vivley and Carl Lowry are uh they're not they're, <laughs> they're not like, small dudes. They remind me of like yeah. Darren Williams when he yeah. when they they like rumble down the, the lane and they're just so strong people bounce off of them. <laughs> trying um, and trying people trying to like post up on it and everything. It's like good luck, man. Good luck. Good luck, yeah. Um <laughs> It makes me laugh that like Fred VanVleet like is built exactly like Kyle Lowry. <laughs> it's uh, true, but but yeah, if, if Joe Harris can break free, right, can slip screens, can lose VanVleet, can um, can use that that threat of that elite like league leading three point percentage to to get to the basket and kind of start to break up that that defense that way. Um, that's the only way that the offense can really like open up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as I'm watching the game right now, <clears throat> but uh, you know, something similar happened. So that's that's the matchup I'm looking for. It's 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 can can Fred VanVleet or can Joe Harris shake Fred VanVleet? Can Joe Harris shake out Kyle Lowry? You know, do they stick OG Ananobi on him because perhaps he can? Um, I don't know if he's more agile. Uh, but you know, the, the Nets have no have no real forwards. You know, they have no real. Jared Allen is a very slight center. They're gonna have to out hustle the Raptors, which is not mm. something I, I really love saying, because um, it's just not gonna be that one's gonna, not be, gonna, gonna be great, tough. right? Yeah, yeah, I, I I hear you, and and for like, 
I feel like there's there should be uh, an X factor and and Dre. I'm not sure if you're in the same page as me, but I always feel like our X factor for the Raptors is more often than not is either OG or Norman Powell. And if you have one of, one of those two that that goes off, then that's kind of game over because you know what you're going to get from Lowry, Siakam, Fred Van Vliet. But if you have someone like Norm coming off the bench and and wrecking havoc then that's it. That's over. So I'm wondering, is there anybody on Brooklyn that you expect that hopefully is that X factor? Would that be Joe Harris for you? Uh, no, because Joe Harris now, since there's no Kyrie, since there's no Durant, even though there was, never was, he is, he is second billing. Uh, okay. The, 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 the guy on the nets who is the X factor is, is, uh, is a young forward named Rodion Kuruks who, okay. They've been hesitant to, to give him minutes because he, from one year to the next, he lost confidence in his three-point shot. Um, but he's he's strong, he's athletic, he's got good burst, he's got good reach, and if he can find his shot, uh, you know, for a game, then then that kind of opens up the offense better. Then you've got Levert, Kuruks, and Harris, and whomever you know, every other every other player, rotation player, more or less can can shoot as well. Um, if that guy Rodion Kuruks uh, double zero here on the mm-hmm. court right now. You know, if he, he like he just got open, even though Whiteside um, erased the block. If if his game unlocks, if his young mind unlocks in the playoffs, then then there's something there. Nice, perfect. All right, last one. I we we gotta ask, Eric. We gotta ask. We gotta get your predictions when it comes to this series. Is this going to seven? Is this going to Brooklyn? Is this going to Raptors? What do you think? And and Dre and I will will give our piece after you. Uh, I'm a very realistic Nets fan. I'm going to go uh, Raptors in five. Raptors in five. Dre? Yeah. Uh, my biggest thing that I'm trying to figure out is which of those games is going to be the loss. But I want the Raptors to go back-to-back this year because next year the East is going to get fugly between you know yeah. the, the Bucks and whatever happens with that. If the Heat try to pick up somebody to try and figure it out when they thought they had a superstar team already. And then you guys, the Nets, mm-hmm. if agree. you keep most of your pieces or you do another stellar pick, I don't even want to know what that's going to be like because we have still yet to see one of the greatest moves of last offseason, which was the KD and Kyrie. Kyrie's biggest issue, the fact that he can't lead, but he no longer needs to when Durant's right. going to be there. So this is going to be crazy. But for now, I'm thinking five. Again, I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I don't think we're going to put like all of our effort into it, and you guys are going to come out trying to prove something. Absolutely. It's going to be five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I agree with it. Uh, I'm going to go five, too, just because we don't, I, I'm hoping we're going to go back-to-back uh, because I'm, I'm also a little scared about next year when it comes to the, the likelihood <laughs> of, of uh, you know, brooklyn going to the eastern conference finals or hope you know hopefully the finals but ariel we want to say thank you again for joining us um please let us uh, all know and uh, the fans of uh, listeners that that's a wrap where we can find your podcast with the nba agents where they can find you uh, on twitter bro all right you can find my podcast on any podcast app it's called nb asians or nb associations I uh, you can so find much. me uh you can also find us on twitter at nb asians and you can find me on twitter at portly island boy which is a fun little scrubs reference for those of you fans out there nice nice all right and you can find all of us on that's a rap podcast uh and dre actually you know what before i do that dre where can we find you man 
You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. You can follow my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-A-L-E.com. No spaces. My top 100 films of the 1980s list is currently up and it's it's doing all right. I'm doing some masterclass lessons. I'm doing some articles, some lists, you know, all the good nope. movie stuff. Uh, 70s and 60s are going to be out before the year's end. Uh, Jay, where can we find you? Love it, man. This is what happens. I fumble my words when Jay's not here, but you can find all of us at That's Rep Pod. You can find us on Instagram at That's Rep Podcast. You can email us at That's Rep Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, that's a wrap. No matter what team you follow, there's one thing every NBA fan can agree upon. Those Yeezy D-Rose shoes are hideous. <laughs> They're absolute off trash. If you paint them green, they look like the Lego trees. (laughs) 